This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're going to be in the book of Mark, Hebrews, and first Peter. In this discourse, we're going to see how the life of God can be an ever-present, glorifying light in our life. God is alive, but is he alive in you? My God, is he alive in me? In Mark 11, verses 22 and 23, in the New International Version, it reads, have faith in God, Jesus answered back to his disciples. This is after they saw that when he spoke against a certain unfruitful fig tree, he put it to its death, which was already inside of it. It was just showing forth as if it's going to bring forth fruit, and it is not. It's a shout out to today. We say we have what? Fellowship with him, but walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. We look like we're going to be fruitful and we're not. We look like we're praising the Lord. We even call his name, but we're not connected to him. If you're unplugged from him, you are not uh, receiving his life source. You are yet dead. Verse 23 says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. We can't cherry pick this verse so we can become God and speak however we want, blab it and grab it as they used to say when they were birthing that kind of theology. Name it and claim it. The sky's the limit to what you could have. We have to be careful why we're saying certain things. Amen. But Jesus is saying that after you have faith in God, God is going to tell you what he's up to. And he will let you pronounce it, maybe or not. Amen. And then he prompts you to go on ahead and say what, what he has already commissioned to happen. And then it will happen. Amen. So you are in the will of God when you are saying that. You're not in your own fleshly will. God does not promote us to be warlocks and witches. Calling forth nature to make it do what we would have it to do against this one or that one. To show forth our power. No. We ought to glorify God. And if God is to be glorified, he will give you what to say the selfsame hour by his spirit. Look at Hebrews 11.3, where it says, by faith, not any old faith, he's talking about holy faith from God. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Remember that? So by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Who's doing the commanding? God. Is it us? No. Thank God. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We can't construct our own world and our own destiny. God is the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. It's supposed to be a holy faith, not ungodly faith. You're going to walk in your own faith, and God didn't author that from creation. You're walking erroneously. 
Look at 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. So he's the righteous one died for us unrighteous ones to bring you to God. Peter is reminding them. He was put to death in the flesh, it says in the um, King James Version. Here in the NIV it says he was put to death in the body but made alive, and some versions it says quickened, made alive by the, capital S, by the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. If Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit, what about us? Are you depending on the Holy Spirit? Or are you tired of waiting for him? When he's right there waiting for you. But we want him to do what we would have him to do. That's why it seems like he takes forever. He's never going to budge. <laughs> he's going to stay in the will of God. It's not crossing your line. You cross his line. Amen. The plumb line is he's on the other side. You got to walk on his side. So we, we're looking at all of that to realize that and, re and be reminded and remediated just in case. God is the eternal life giver of the world. He's the what eternal life giver of the world. It is through him that we can have an eternity of unspeakable joy beyond our ability to comprehend. He wants us to have this freely, but we must decide to enter into a right relationship with him by completely accepting, trusting, and abiding by his eternal covenant of love. That love must remain functional as our exclusive source of life. Let us all listen intently to the Holy Spirit as he teaches us how to keep God's holy faith alive in your soul. How to keep God's holy faith alive in your soul. Thank God. So, keeping holy faith alive through the Spirit enables us to live righteously with His sense and sensitivity. The Holy Ghost has sense. Yes, He has wisdom. He reveals the truth in the Word. Yes, He has wisdom. And he's sensitive to the will of God. And we ought to be sensitive like that to the will of God. If it's not in God's will, we should say nay. If it is the will of God, we can say what? Yay. Amen. So if somebody's coming to you with some cross kind of will, not in cahoots with God, you can say, I bid thee nay. Learn how to say no in the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost says no, he shuts the book and drops the mic. And that's it. Amen. There's no if, maybe, perhaps. None of that. He said no and he meant it. Amen. So we have to keep in line with how the Holy Ghost comes to enable us to live righteously with sense and sensitivity. His sense and sensitivity. As we apply biblically based Hindsight, you got to know how to think back. The Holy Ghost not only 
speaks forward, but he speaks back. He has flashback power to straighten that which was made crooked in your life. Amen. So now you can go forward with the right kind of living. Sometimes the doctor has to break your bone so it could grow back correctly because it grew in crooked. He makes the what? Crooked? Straight. What does the orthodontist do? Makes them come in what? Straight. Sometimes he has to pull some that shouldn't have been there. They should have been gone a long time ago. They're still there. What you still doing there? Get out. And some came in crooked because the baby tooth stayed in too long. God said, put away childish things. So the dentist pulls it out. Amen. Thank God. We don't want to pull things out sometimes. We want to be holy and unholy all in the same breath. But God is saying no. We got to learn how to put out the trash. Amen. You got to learn how to do that. Sometimes you got to look back. What did I do wrong? What made me cross this road again? You have to have the hindsight of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to think about things a little bit more deeply right here and right now, what you're about to do right here and right now. Sometimes we think about how we think right here and right now, based on, you know, the, the past. Uh, so the Holy Ghost takes a back pedal and helps you straighten up your foundation. And now every step prosperous, yes, it will be, but you will think first. You will have insight. Not just hindsight, but what? Insight. Thinking right now. And in the future, right unto your path is the word of God. You better have foresight. Look ahead. Amen. God will help you see ahead. Past your eyelashes. Some of us can't see past that. But the Holy Ghost will help you see past that. Amen. This message is a challenge from God for us to maintain our stance in him. If we become who we are supposed to become in him, we will become more visible to the lost. We'll start promoting life instead of death also. We need faith in God. Be careful when they say faith of God, because now you're becoming God. You've got to be careful with that. A lot of teachings going there. Keep the word I in between faith and God. Faith in God. Amen. Should you have faith in yourself? Faith in me? Should you? I can't hear y'all. So you better have what? Faith in, in, in God. We need faith in God's power to become successful life producers. That's what he wants us to do. Not just be cute little cozy Christians, but he wants us to do what he made us to do. Produce more life. You shall be fruitful. That's when you make more life. Fruit is the next stage. The new life coming. So, guess what faith is? The Holy Ghost gave me this years ago. He said, faith is the relational process. What kind of process? A relational process. Wow, we're in covenant with God. Faith is the relational process of being taken care of by God. You let him take care of you. For real. All the hindsight, insight and foresight. Let him do it. He'll give you the right mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Stop seeing it your way. The heavenly paradigm is here now. You got to see it correctly. Amen. You got to see it right. So 
the sermonic scriptures in Mark and Hebrews that we read are used by so-called word faith teachers today. They misconstrue them. You will hear names like Hagen, Copeland, and some others to mean that we should have God's kind of faith. They read into the scriptures, isogetical icing, bad, bad cards, my God. They're putting cards all on the word, wasn't even there, right? They read into it, they put stuff into it, causing the scripture to mean what uh, means that we need the faith of God. However, the inspiration has uh, the inspiration as given by the Holy Spirit through Greek grammar um, reveals how we must trust in God, not imitate God's faith. We don't become God. We got to let God be God in us. Let him do what he came to do in us and to us and for us. Amen. We are not God. We cannot put ourselves on the level of God. I can speak to that mountain. It's got to move. I do certain things and God's got to move. You know, we're on the same level with God. Wow. He is supposed to be the object of our faith. He made us. We didn't make him. Well, some people made their own God, but that's another message. He's not our disciple, is he? We are supposed to be his disciple. He wants to transform us. Why are we so busy transforming him? Right? Thank God. He wants to renew us. Why are we trying to renew him? He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. No, you need a renewal, God. He's supposed to strengthen our weak, sinful souls. People have gone so far they act like God has sinned. Some, some cults are even saying such things. They act like Satan should be, should be given empathy. You know, God brings us to the opportunity of eternal life. And what's our biggest job in this short life on earth? Nothing but to accept God's invitation and allow him to get us ready to stand sinless before him. Amen. We act like we have a heaven to put people in and put ourselves in. It's God's heaven. Amen. We are to connect to God as a betrothed soul. Old language, betrothed, that means you're engaged to be his bride. We're the bride to be. My God. Uh, yes, as the church, bride of Jesus, we are engaged to him, and he expects us to be engaged, if you will, in the following life-producing actions. Engaged as in being busy doing the right thing. Five things you should be doing as his church. Number one, fellowship needs to happen. Fellowship for what? Fellowship is for warmth. You are connected to the body, and when you are, the blood is flowing through, and you are 98.6, amen? You're going too far, you got some contamination, you might try to be more hotter than God. God is a consuming fire now, you too hot, you done messed up. You got a fever. Or you could have hypothermia. Your temperature's going down in a deadly zone. You are separated. 
You thought you were in there, but you are separated. You are in out of darkness, honey. Fellowship with God. Yes, you're going to have his life flowing through you. There is going to be warmth. Corpses are cold. <clears throat> Amen. But if you are alive, the blood stream is going and going and going. There's a warmth. Amen. Thank God. But sometimes we could have a little cold hand, but somebody made up for that. They said, well, cold hands mean a, 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 a warm heart. Amen. <laughs> I guess that's my excuse, because sometimes I do have cold hands at times. And Lisa seems to always have warm hands. Number two, discipleship. You better have that if you are in Jesus' church. Yes. Discipleship, what is it for, though? Discipleship is for depth. It helps you to have the right knowledge. You're not just some, <laughs> I don't get it, shallow person, you know, no. You're gonna move from that, and now you're gonna start having the right knowledge. You're gonna have the right perspective after that. So knowledge comes, the right perspective comes, and the right conviction will come, and that will produce holy life. That's what discipleship is for. People do not always come through and graduate uh, in all the steps. You never graduate from God, but there's some growing up that has to happen. Jesus increased in, in, in stature and wisdom and in favor, right, with God and man. So as he was growing up, he was also growing up emotionally psychologically, spiritually, right? Mentally, he was growing up, growing up, growing up. We ought to do the same thing, get deeper and deeper and deeper. The more we grow up, the more deeper we should be getting, more knowledge, use knowledge the right way. There's an evil knowledge, which takes you into an evil perspective and unholy convictions and evil life. We don't want that track, no. We need the discipleship that comes from glory. Number three, if you're in Jesus's church, you better be into worship. You better know about worship because that's why he made us. He made us. He created us to give him the highest praise. Worship. What is it for? Worship is for strength. You get strong in the Lord and the power of his might because you worship. Not because you gather together and sing hymns. Whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your life belongs to him. What I do, what I think, what I say, I want to please him. How often do we go off the beaten track of Jesus' narrow road? That's why he said, I am here with my rod and my staff. I'm going to comfort you. People only look at the rod as he's whipping the sheep. Jesus is not in the habit of whipping sheep. He talked to me this week. He said, make sure you uh, remember that. And you can say it when you get up there. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, my rod. Basically, it's for the devil. Think about it. He beats the devil upside his head with that rod. You see him beating sheep up. What does he do with the rod with the sheep, though? He puts it in some ink and brands the blood of Jesus, blood as they pass by. Boom, boom, boom. That's what the shepherds do. They count the sheep that way. That sheep belongs to me. That sheep belongs. But evil men, they want to come the evil way in the slave trade and burn and etch their burnings in the skin of people. God didn't do that. He just put a little dye, little little ink spot on him. You know, you don't want to hurt. See, 
that rod. It'll get you in line, it just nudges you, or pull the staff with a hook, pulls you out of the ravine. See, God is always nudging us back. He don't whip us back, he nudges us back. You know, that's all you need for a sheep anyway. Unless you're some other animal, he'll need to do something else. And if you're a wolf, yeah, you will feel the other part of why he has the rod, because your skull will be crushed. We, 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 we can notice Jesus being placed on Golgotha Hill. My God, and what did they do with the cross? Put it into that hill? You know, Golgotha looks like a skull. It was called the place of a skull. What did Jesus come to do? Crush the devil. Crush his head. Yes, he's going to bruise you in that fight. But who got crushed? The devil. Amen? Let's remember what Jesus came to do. I want to worship him. He's going to give me strength. Amen. And he's going to bless me. Amen. Thank God. Then he's going to lead you for number four, what the church should be doing. Ministry. Ministry. Service. Saved to serve. Right? What is ministry for? It's for width. A broader scope within a specified context or vision. People perish because they don't know where to go. They're all over the place. We gotta give them a specified vision, amen? And God does that. He lights up. That's why he don't want too wide of a road. He said, all we need is this narrow path and I'm gonna light it up. You will have no problem seeing where to go. You don't have to look left or right, but you need to so you know where you are off. <laughs> But that's about it. And then keep your eye right on the narrow road. But guess what the devil's road is like? Wide, broad. You want to fit every soul in there. Oh, we need room. There's a party over here. Which where the party at? And hell's borders are broadening. Because many there will be that finds that. It's not hard to find. Uh, if you want to be evil, do absolutely nothing. See, if you want to say, uh, you know, where you don't have to do any work effortless, you know, holiness uh, has a fight because you have to fight against the beaten trap. We're born in shape and iniquity. And then when you get saved and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, why do you have the power of the Holy Ghost? Because the power of the Holy Ghost is now showing you that you're on the heaven's gate side and you're fighting against hell's gate. Welcome to the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Here's your armor. And you have to know how to have successful spiritual battles. Ministry helps you to know about that. We have to have different types of ministries based on the people who are congregating among us. Amen. So a broader scope God helps us to have within a specific context or vision. And the fifth thing a church better be a part of is evangelism. Evangelism. That's for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. It has to be advanced. Amen. It's not just us for and no more. It should be Christ's kingdom. Amen. We're all the time sharing Christ. Even when we're saying nothing at all out of our mouth, we're saying it with our actions. Everyone else is cheating, should you? No. Everyone else is stealing extra donuts. 
uh, without permission, should you be doing it? No. There should be a stark difference. Then people will know the difference, and then they will have questions. And then you better, amen, listen to the Holy Ghost, because he's going to give you the answer, the self-same hour for that moment, what to say. Thank God. Now he's going to give you verbiage. Yes. You know, we can accomplish fellowship, discipleship, worship, ministry, and evangelism as we focus on the life that we are given by the Spirit of God. We have to focus on life in the Spirit, not outside of the Spirit. Walk in the flesh or the Spirit. Which one? The Spirit, right? And do what to the flesh? Mortify the deeds. Everything the flesh is about, you have to kill that noise. Amen. That's why I say kill that noise. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Mortify is killing. When you're killing the noise, because the flesh is still going to be there. Until we are saved from the presence of sin. Then we, we will change in a moment in the twinkle of an eye ah, from mortality to immortality. Amen. Thank God. Say bye bye, body. My God, you can have it. I have too many crowns in the teeth. Now I'm going to have some real other kind of crowns for my spiritual head. I asked the dentist, I lost count. How many crowns I got? He told me it was a lot of them. Thank God. I said, well, I'm going to have to change those to a different crown one day. Thank God. He looked at me a little funny. He said, say, oh, I couldn't say no more because he had overcame everything. I said, after this, another came, go away. I got to talk a little better, you know. Thank God. <laughs> but we need, amen, to realize we're not going to stay mortals forever. We should be living our immortal life already, overlapping so that when this mortal life is over, because it's going to be over, y'all, Hebrews 9.27 says so. We're scared to talk about death, but it's coming. Thank God. You getting older? Yep, you're getting closer to death. That's what getting older means. I want to be grown. I want to have my own rules. In other words, I want I want to get faster towards my death. They don't know they're saying that, but that's really what they're saying. Slow down, play with your little Bobby doll, have a good day. You know, you don't have any bills, be happy. <laughs> God wants us to be built up in him under his auspices. Thank God. You know, the lifeblood in the church is there because the Holy Ghost is there. The Holy Ghost needs to be in the church. He makes us alive. We need him. We vitally need him to be Christ's disciples, to be divinely made alive, quickened, made alive, or enabled to experience victory over sin through Christ as he is allowed to continuously strengthen us as people are built up in God, God will build up the church. People want to do it the other kind of way, without discipleship. But you got to build them up in God. Then the real church will grow. We don't want some wild weed growth going to call us the tear church. No, I don't want to be the tear church. No. The tear church outside of God. Come on, come as you are, and stay as you are. We, we, that's how we roll here. You're getting ready to hear some of that in a minute. That stuff is really happening. After God quickens us, guess what? He makes us alive. 
And we should maintain a holy commitment of being God's quickening agents. Are you one of God's quickening agents in the world? In other words, his life producers, we should be holy producers, not souls seeking what we can devour like unholy consumers do, like demons do. On the contrary, God expects us to be holy life producers and promoters, not someone that seeks after fellowship with secular humanistic philosophy and, hunt and unholy pleasures. Look at uh, the church at Corinth because they were surrounded by all of that. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wanted to free them from the chains of their sinful bondage. Said you can't call me Lord and then be walking and all that, all that stuff. No, no, no. What is liberty? People say, oh, I'm free to do this. I'm free to do that. But this is biblical liberty, y'all. Biblical liberty is the license to live as we should, not as we please. And that's individually speaking, at home, as a part of the local assembly, and in this world, wherever you go. When you're outside of the church, outside of your town, you're getting on some plane, some boat, whatever, don't be going to some far island where you say none of the saints are there, now you can wear a thread on the beach. Wear my thread and there's nothing nobody can say at my whole behind out. That's why people show only their toes on Facebook because the rest of it is all the way out. Like, uh, you know, there are ministers in the world that have developed a gospel that has been secularized. Imagine that. Contaminated even by lust and by pride. A so-called liberation theology. They're using the word liberty wrong. A liberation theology exists that is masked by humane, socially worthwhile missions to help the poor, help the marginalized. The danger here is that one cannot fellowship with this group unless they are willing to dismiss either some or all of the true Orthodox Christian teachings as taught by Christ, our Savior. One man named Reverend Cecil Williams, he is now 92 years old. He's the founder, founding pastor, I should say, of Glide. Glide Memorial United Methodist Church of San Francisco, California. Uh, he's an example of one who ministers this erroneous theology, liberation theology. Though a stroke has now confined him to a wheelchair, he yet works as a retired reinforcer to promote the work of the church's new president in the name of Karen Hanrahan. She is now 50 years old and she was a former deputy assistant secretary of state in the Obama administration. She runs all the Glide Foundation operations, mostly from her office but allows more religiously charismatic officials to take the pulpit forefront, if you will. The doctrinal fruit yielded by this so-called, quote, church, unquote, is not denotatively nor spiritually characteristic of Christ's church. 
which should be a public place used for unadulterated Christian worship. In other words, it should be God's house of prayer. For example, at one of his denominations, major meetings, he stated, quote, what Jesus taught about heaven is a bunch of BS. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't believe in that stuff. I think it's a lot of expletives here, end quote. What Williams actually promotes is a false faith birthed from the satanic axiom, quote, do as thou wilt, end quote, in the name of Christ. So do whatever you feel is right in your own eyes in the name of Christ, which is, in essence, going to produce what? Death. Jude said that such ministry is only sensual and has not been given nor promotes a holy spiritual life. This is well confirmed by personal admission from the lips of Reverend Williams. Quote, in every service at Glide, we embrace one another, we kiss one another, we smell one another, we feel one another, groping. We, uh, and then he said, we appointed and admitted homosexual as the chairman of our official board. And why not? This is one way for every person to find his sexual identity. I have not married a single uh, couple, gay or straight, at Glide, who were not already living together. People become stimulated in our church happenings, he calls them. End quote. After attending a service at Glide Memorial, a newspaper editor wrote, quote, the service, in my opinion, was an insult to every Christian attending and was the most disgusting display of vulgarity and sensuousness I have ever seen anywhere, end quote. <laughs> in spite of William's apostasy and immorality, allowing vulgar dances and even nudity, his bishop has continued to support him. That's because of money. They went from a little bit of people to a whole lot of people. From less than 100 to over 10,000 some odd folk in hardly no time. And they turned a deaf eye to it and a deaf ear to it because a lot of money was coming in. He said, I'm going to turn this place upside down. That's just what he did. His wife recently died, uh, but he's moving forward in his wheelchair to keep things going in the background as folks take over because he can only whisper and tap his finger on the arm of his wheelchair to the beat of the music being played. You know, the Lord's church is supposed to be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit, right? To teach lost souls how they can be eternally saved as, re as revealed in the holy word of God, right? We are to seek to be in covenant, a fellowship of true holy faith with Jesus as both our savior and our Lord. We don't do whatever we think should be done because that's what they were given. They were given this kind of uh, leadership where whatever they say goes. And some of the members have left there throughout the time frame of the church saying they are totalitarian 
and uh, they will grab the mic out of your hand. One time he wrestled the mic out of one of the minister's hands and said, I said, say it the way I told you to say it. It's kind of people they were. But Jesus, amen, has a different methodology. Jesus talks about us as though we are lilies of his covenant. That's how he terms us in picture in Psalm 80. Amen. We depend on him to uh, save us in a right relationship with him against the sinful odds in and around us. Like a seed. Sinful odds in and around the seed. Water comes in. Uh, the seed looks contaminated. But the contamination helps to loosen up the food so that now the plant as it germinates can have something to eat along the way as it snacks to start having uh, the, 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 the stem and the root system it needs to absorb water and nutrients. And then the stalk goes on up and goes into the sunshine. And now a photosynthesis can begin. God treats us that way. He gives us what we need and he takes care of us. We have to have what? Faith in God. Is a plant God? No. Does a plant depend on God? Yes. Should, he, should God, though, only heal and socioeconomically bless us in total disregard of our soul's sinful condition? Should he do that? Sin's all around us. Uh, it's all right, baby. I know sin's all around you. Just come on. Be naked. Let's smell each other and grope each other. It's all good. No. So as noted by the Christian News Network, you know, CNN, much concern has been raised over the past decade that the messages at Lakewood, a different church, now we're going out to Texas, y'all. Uh, messages at Lakewood are noticeably void of instruction to shun sin and walk in holiness. The minister there, Osteen. Osteen's self-help books have included these titles. Your Best Life Now. Or in another one. Become a better you. You can. You will. That's another one he got out there. And another one. It's your time. So his book entitled. A newer one. The Power of I Am. He has that out there. Uh, initially released back on October of 2015. It teaches readers to manifest blessings in their life by making positive confessions about themselves so that they might, quote, lead a more productive and happier life, end quote. Become God. Be at the same level of God. Are Christians supposed to see themselves as great I am's? Pastor Lisa, I love your song, God Inspired It Through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God. Don't think of yourself lower than you are, because God has inspired you to say in your song, He's the great I am. I am sent me. Hallelujah. God does the sending. We don't send God. God, go over there and do this. God, go over there and do that. God say, I'm getting ready to do this and that. You go over there and do this and that and watch it happen. That's what God does. Amen. Stop being God. Let God be God. You're not the great I am. He is. See, 
Christians are now being God according to their own will. Are we supposed to be doing that? Are Christians supposed to be in the business of glorifying themselves? No. The main missions of the Lord's church are, number one, don't forget, to evangelize the world. Two, be congregational examples of worship and fellowship. Three, Develop other disciple makers. See, first you got to be a disciple. You grow up, become a disciple maker, and start making other disciples so that they can become what? Disciple makers. Now, look, I had my whole behind out of church. We were free. Mm, you could come on and do the same thing. Now, what kind of disciples is that? That's the wrong discipleship, y'all. God didn't say, come as you are and it's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. <laughs> no. God didn't say that. Get your little R&B gospel out of here. God is God. It was he that made us and not we ourselves. Number four, we need to represent God's kingdom correctly. As we influence society with his holy ideals. See, what they do at Glide is, he, he used to say when he was younger in one of his books, one of his books that got him more famous, he said, the world has more to say to the church than the church has to say to the world. That's what he said at Glide. Pastor Williams. So he let the world dictate to him what should go on in his assembly. Is that what should go on? I thought it was Jesus' church. So many saying, Lord, and he is not Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, I feel the sadness of God. You know, he weeps a lot of us. My God, he weeps for us. Here lately, I've been feeling his feelings. Amen. There's vehement anger, there's sadness. My God, hallelujah, anyhow, while people are shouting over their sins, never let these old punishing, judging doctrines get you down. When these hard-nosed preachers come your way, hold your stiff neck still and say, hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> it's a sad day we're living in. But if we do these four things I just mentioned, evangelizing, worshiping, fellowshipping, developing other disciples, and representing God's kingdom correctly. Doing these things will help to keep God's holy faith alive in our souls. Take this home with you, don't forget. The Holy Spirit has true, eternal, liberating power. What is that all about? It's about him freeing us, amen. Freeing us from the captivity of unholy habits and powers of sin. That's the liberating power. As we, the church, becomes the safety net that we are supposed to be, we will be enabled to make a holy difference in this world and becoming living witnesses, lively stones, fit jumping together to do the work of God with meekness, strength under control. Amen. That will make us refreshingly different in this life of storm that we live in. Now, if a lighthouse on safe ground looks like the raging sea all around it, 
you know, no one in harm's way will be encouraged to head in its direction, will they? It's going to look like the sea that they are in. Why should I go out, go to that? The church needs to be different. We're as rebellious and raging as a roaring, sinful storm. So the world sees no holy difference. There is no lit up difference. God is calling us, amen, to allow him to become and remain the definitive and exclusive object of our faith in God. That is how you and I both will receive the testimony that God is enabling us keeping us alive and we have living faith because we serve the living savior he's in the world today i know that he is living no matter what men may say i see his hand of mercy through all the stony blasts the day of his appearing will come at last he lives he lives christ jesus lives today he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Hallelujah. Salvation to him, Paul. You asked me how I know he lives. How do I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Amen. He lives in my heart. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.